Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. I believe this is number 14. I'm currently sitting in my hotel room in Portland, Oregon. I'm at the Crystal Hotel, and I've uh, one night in to a seven-night residency uh, just playing solo shows at Al's Den, uh, which is right downstairs from the hotel. And all of the rooms are named after songs. Mine is the Heart of Glass room, and as I'm looking around here, my bedpost is shaped like a heart with treble clefs and wings. And the lyrics to the song, Heart of Glass, are written on the walls. And then over in the corner, there's a beautiful painting of what I can only assume is Debbie Harry. She's standing in a canoe shaped like a heart made out of glass right outside the crystal ballroom, attempting to canoe her way through the flooded streets of Portland. I don't know if that was a detailed enough description or not, but it's a beautiful painting. My entire room is Heart of Glass themed, and all the rooms are different. Um, it's really cool. i got to go maybe check out some of the other doors and see what they're all about. Anyway, so I'm hanging in Portland, sitting on the bed doing this monologue. Um, I've been talking about on the last few episodes doing some informative episodes specifically. Most of these are, are human interest pieces which I really like doing, but I want to mix some informative episodes in there as well where we focus on a specific thing and talk to an industry professional who's an expert at that thing. And my guest today, Allison Griggs, has her own accounting company, Note for Note Accounting, and she focuses on accounting for musicians. That's pretty cool. I've been looking for someone like that for a long time. So she knows the ins and outs of what we as musicians are going through and all of those sorts of things that your average accountant may not. Who knows? She also heads up 420 Financial Solutions, which is a company to, you guessed it, keep cannabis companies compliant. So if you're a musician or you own a cannabis company or both, you should probably network with Allison. This episode is awesome. We're talking about uh, about taxes, which totally suck, don't get me wrong, but finding out tips on how to do them correctly and save yourself more money is kind of fun. We talk about 1099s, uh, cost of goods sold, S-Corp versus LLCs, keeping things under one roof, uh, how to deduct meals and entertainments, how much you, meals and entertainment, excuse me, how much you can deduct. Uh, talk about 1095s. Let's see here. Staying organized monthly, that was a big one. And keeping cash receipts. Uh, so you can prove all your deductions. Allison also has a list of deductions, and I think that's mentioned a couple times in the episode, but she has a list of deductions for musicians. It's a PDF, and she said you can email her at notefornoteaccounting at gmail.com. That's spelled N-O-T-E, the number four, N-O-T-E, and then accounting is A-C-C-T-I-N-G at gmail.com. So if you email her and say, hey, I listened to uh, your episode of Middle Class Rockstar, and I'd like that artist deductions PDF, she can hook that up. So anyway, I think that's about it. Was there anything else I needed to get to? Because I want to jump right into this. Let's do it. Here's my informative conversation with Allison Griggs on accounting and taxes for musicians.
All right. We're live. Well, we're not actually live. This is going to be out in a few weeks. <laughs> awesome. Hi, Andy. Thanks so much for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here. For sure. And this is, uh, we had a, a last minute location change. We're hanging out at Lincoln Station Coffee Pizza Music in one of the teaching studios doing this interview. Um, and you're in town from California. Yes, from the Bay Area. Okay. And you were, you were in town for, what were you doing here? Um, so I am part of this music industry meetup group that my friend Stefan started in, in the Bay Area. Um, it's called Balanced Breakfast. And basically, I was giving a presentation about taxes and accounting for musicians and artists. Yep. Um, it's a really amazing group that has grown into a bunch of different states in the past few years. And basically, um, basically, you have an industry professional just talk about, you know, their experience and what um, they can do to help people out in the music industry. So it's really amazing. And I was, I was going to give about four presentations, but I only gave one. <laughs> and I've just been kind of hanging out the rest of the time. So it's, it's my decompressing time before tax season starts tomorrow actually it starts tomorrow <laughs> it's supposed to start tomorrow is that so like a date is that a firm date tax season it, starts it was the firm date, but with the government shutdown happening right now i just i don't honestly know what's going on i don't know what's going on yet so um, um and taxes will still be due at the same time right regardless april of the 15th shutdown. or march 15th if you have a business return yes Yes, oh, well of course. That's, that's, that's too bad. I mean, <laughs> not that it would give us any extra time. We'd just wait longer. Yeah, so a really common misconception um, is that people don't think that... it. Well, they think that if they can file an extension and they don't have to fi file by April 15th, that yeah. they don't have to pay what they owe. So if you guys are not going to file by April 15th, make sure that you make a payment on April 15th because most people who file those extensions and then file again in October um, or actually just file in October, um, you know, they get all those penalties for what they owe being late. So just keep that in mind that an extension is not an extension to pay. Gotcha. Okay? So gotcha. pretty big misconception. Good tip. Good tip. <laughs> just right off the bat there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we always should just just jump jump right in. I know one of the things that we talked about on the phone earlier regarding my own taxes was um, what's the best way to be a business. Um, I've had for the last few years, I've had two LLCs, one that's technically Sorry. my record <laughs> label, one that's technically my publishing, mm -hmm. although I'm not really using either one of them. Um, and then I have That's a DBA right. for my uh, doing business as for my lessons. The confusing thing is I've got I'm doing teaching independently and through two different studios. Mm -hmm. I'm playing solo gigs. I'm playing with a band. I'm doing other. I'm a side man. Is, is there a way to keep everything truly under one roof? And what's the best way to go about it? Um, yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, there's definitely a way to have all of your music income um, go under one business entity. Um, I, my best advice to start is to keep it simple. Um, you know, 
setting up an LLC or setting up an S corp or a corporation can get a little pricey. So you have to first want to make sure that you're in a good spot to have an LLC to begin with. Okay. Right. Um, we were just talking about the costs in California being more than they are in Colorado. So, you know, artists in California, um, really need to look at their expenses when going into something like an S corp. Um, <clears throat> most of the bands that I work with, we have them set up as an S corp. And so that business entity basically eliminates the majority of your self-employment tax. So when you file your taxes or the majority of artists, when they file their taxes, the majority owe. And that could be from $500 to thousands of dollars. And it's stressful. <laughs> and so, okay. <laughs> okay. So when you set up an S Corp, depending on your income situation, what you previously owed for all that self-employment tax could be eliminated, okay? So there are a lot of benefits to having a higher up business entity. Um, with you having all these different forms of revenue, I mean, you're, you're so similar to a lot of people. There's right. so many people doing just hustling and just trying to make money in so many different ways. So my best advice is if most of your forms of revenue are music, keep those all in one spot, you know, count all that income and expenses together. If you need to set up an LLC, it would be a single member LLC. Right. Because that's just you. You would still be taxed the same way that you are right now. So what you would get is the protection from an LLC, okay? Yeah. But you're, you would still pay that self-employment tax, which kills people sometimes. So you have to kind of think of, okay, maybe an S-Corp is the better decision for me, you know? Yeah. But you just have to be careful about all the rules with the S-Corp because it's just, you know, just more rules on a yearly basis than being a sole proprietor. So so that's really just it. Like, I mean, my mom's been self-employed for 50 years and she's been an S-Corp for that long. You know, it's it's a really great um, entity to form. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's really just the self-employment tax at the end of the year that gets everybody. Um, and if you're not... And that applies if you have which, or is it um, both? It's really for sole proprietors. Okay. Not if you have a normal W-2 job. Okay. Like, if you're working at, like, Chipotle or Starbucks and you get a W-2, you're most likely going to get a refund. Gotcha. Because you had taxes taken out during the year. And all of us self-employed people, we don't have any taxes taken out. So we have to pay that at the end of the year right? for Medicare and stuff like that. Um, so, so you really need to look at your tax situation on a monthly basis. And that's going to help you determine if you're going to owe or not. Right. But if you, you know, if you start it from, the, you know, we're in the beginning of the year now. If you start it in the beginning of the year, then you're, you can slowly gauge how much, you know, how much to save so you don't have that bill at the end of the year. Right. Um, it's really hard to do that, you know? It's, it's really, really hard for people to save. So they end up with this big bill at the end of the year and they freak out and it causes stress and anxiety. And, but that's kind of why the IRS has payment plans also. 
So like the quarterly payment system. Um, quarterly payments are different. Okay. So if you if you owe a lot at the end of the year, you can just get set up on a payment plan, and more often than not, they'll work with you as to how much you want to pay each month. So then you can pay like a hundred, you know, a month for the next two years or something. So that's a good option, you know, if you do owe at the end of the year. Um, those quarterly estimated payments, if you make those throughout the year, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. If you can make those payments, that is going to help you a ton. So that's a really good tip, actually. <laughs> you just gave yourself. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize. <laughs> All right, good. But yeah, so if you can, you know, I, I always just kind of tell people like, I feel like once people get a chunk of money, they're really good at spending it right away. <laughs> I mean, I am too. Yeah. So spend it on yourself and your IRS bill, you know, because it's important, you know, and you don't want those tax liabilities hanging over your head for years, you know, because right. the penalties and the interest start to really add up. So, yeah. yeah so it's the monthly basis that you really want to focus on keeping track of your funds monthly and then if, mm -hmm. if you do go the route being if you're self-employed and go the route of making the quarterly payments to the IRS yes if you can yes how do you how do you determine what to give them every quarter yep, that's a good question too um, well it's estimated right so you kind of have to base it on what you owed for the year before and then you can divide that by four since there would be four quarterly payments I see yeah, so, so you can kind of guess, you know, and if you didn't owe that much the year before, but you think you might owe this year, um, you, you just have to kind of guess. Do your best to, you know, pay. I would overpay, if anything, so that you, you know, you could get a refund back possibly if you overpay. Right. Throughout the year. So, sure. Yeah. So if I, if I go on last year's income and I do a lot better financially this year, mm -hmm. I might owe a little bit at the end of the year, whereas mm -hmm. if I, I maybe do a little bit worse or overestimate, I'm going to get money back. Is that right. correct? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yep. If you paid in more than you, you know, showed at the end of the year, you can definitely get that money back. So Awesome. That's good, you know. I definitely see people doing that, but it's just hard to make those quarterly payments, you know? Yeah. I mean, I you know, I really feel like a lot of people these days are – just hustling, which means that you don't have that much money, you know? So I feel like a lot of people are still in that same boat. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I guess the way I look at artists now, as opposed to when I started 10 years ago doing this, um, it's okay to be broke, you know? Some of the most talented people I know are so broke, but it doesn't mean anything about them as an artist you know like you just have to kind of learn how to live broke for a while until yeah. you know and just continue to believe in yourself and you will eventually get somewhere you know but it's okay to be broke for years you know <laughs> i mean i think yeah. there's just this whole negative you know connotation on i don't know I, I, there's so many bands that are making money but there's so many artists that are not so um I just feel people really do a good job of comparing themselves to one another. Um, and artists are really sensitive people <laughs> in sure. general. So, 
you know, it's not good to compare yourself to one another and like, oh, he's making more money at that gig. I'm like, why aren't I making that at that gig? You right. know? And and I get that and it's like human nature to do that, but it's you know, it's still um it's still it's just it's okay to be struggling for a while. I mean, being an artist and being self employed is the hardest thing you could possibly do. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> Hands right. down. So, you know, it's okay to struggle. You just have to learn how to live <laughs> right. struggling. Like you can be a baller on a budget, you know? Yeah. No, I think that's great <laughs> I advice. I did that for many, many, many years because yeah. I knew I was going to get somewhere eventually. But, you know, it took me a long time in my own life too to get to where I'm at. So Awesome. You know? And, and honestly, that's the best advice that I could ever give anybody, which is what I was telling people yesterday too is, really just stay true to you, you know? And there's a lot of people in this industry that are gonna tell you what to do with your business. They're gonna tell you what to do as an artist and don't listen to them, you know? Yeah. Listen to yourself, cause that's how you're gonna get the farthest, you know? Absolutely. In my opinion. I think that's great advice. And I wanna jump back to the LLC S Corp uh -huh. just super quick. If you had to uh, explain to someone who knows nothing about the two, what the difference is. Okay, yes. What would you tell them? Um. Okay, so really, um, from what I've seen, you can either be a single member LLC or you meet somebody and you can be a partnership. Or you can just be a limited liability company with multiple members. Some bands are set up that way. Mm. Some bands are set up as a partnership. And so there's just two guys running it and then they pay out all the band members, okay? Right. So... Um, the big difference between an LLC and an S Corp is the self-employment tax. Okay. Okay. Um, like I said, the, if you are a single member LLC, you're still going to get that self-employment tax. You will get protection if somebody tries to come after you. Um, with an S Corp, you get protection also, but you will lower your liabilities. Most everybody at least cuts what they owe in half with an S Corp. Gotcha. Um, an S Corp, I think it's the best entity to have personally. Okay. You just, when you have a business entity, you have to file a business return and your personal return. Gotcha. So that's one disadvantage is that you have now two tax returns. Um, if you're in a, if you're in a state like California, um, there's just, you know, we were talking about the $800 a year fee. Some people just can't pay that, you know, they just can't afford that. So it probably wouldn't be the best idea for them to set that up until they could afford it, you know? Right. So um, it's really all about the pricing and seeing where you're at. With an S Corp, you cannot show a loss. You have to know that your you have to know that your band is in a good spot so that you can take on extra extra expenses and that you're not going to have a loss okay gotcha because that's a, that's one of the huge rules with an s corp so you know you really have to be in a good spot to form a business entity but and that's because you're <clears throat> a, a liability to get audited if you show a loss as an s corp or you'd simply not you know allowed what? anybody is at risk to be audited at any time. Just always remember that. Okay. Anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could be a really perfect tax citizen and you could still get audited for some reason. Mm. So, um, 
It doesn't have to do with that. Well, it is more of a red flag. I mean, it's a red flag. Yes. Yeah. If you show a loss with an S Corp, it's just a rule of it that you can't. So, right. yeah. So then you're going to have to <laughs> go down the, you know, the road of trying to fix that situation. And if you can stay an S Corp and stuff like that. So, so a little riskier maybe, but if it's you can. It's definitely riskier, but if you're making money and you know you're going to continue to have this solid, steady income, it's a great idea. Okay. It's super, super, really just a good business entity to form. Maybe so. something to look for musicians to look into then. I know most of my mm-hmm. friends talk about LLCs and, and uh, DBAs. So yeah, everybody everybody has this thing about LLCs. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I always see is like LLC, yeah. LLC. Um, and that's kind of, well, it's the step before an S Corp. So, you know, yeah. that's why a lot of people form it. Um, gotcha. You can still have self-employment tax with an LLC, so you still need to be careful. A lot of people set up LLCs thinking they're going to eliminate the self-employment tax with a partnership or something like that, but yeah. you can still get it if you have guaranteed payments and stuff like that. So cool. you just want to know all the rules going in and, and just talk to your tax preparer, you know, or a lot of lawyers and attorneys are setting up businesses too, so they should have good advice too. You awesome. Know? Yeah. Um, let's jump into something that a lot of musicians deal with, especially bands who are touring, and that is the vehicle part of it. Uh, okay. A lot of people have vans. A lot, you know, my band uh, has a four-cylinder Subaru with a trailer behind it. Okay. Uh, whatever it is, what are some of the rules with deductions regarding vehicles? Okay. Well, if you bought a van or a vehicle you want to make sure to get the deduction for that. For some reason, people just don't think to include that, even it's a big purchase. And so that's the year that you bought it? Only in the year you bought it, yes. Okay. Um, the majority of you guys are going to be set up on a cash basis, which means you, yeah, you count the income in the year it came in and the, you know, count the expenses in the year they were deducted. So you need to make sure you get the deduction if you bought something. You can take a little bit you have to depreciate a vehicle. So you get a little bit of the deduction in the first year, and then you can continue to take a deduction for that vehicle in future years. So, because IRS just doesn't let you write off the entire cost of that car in the first year. So you just get to take a little bit. Sure. Um, So that's one deduction for that. Um, A huge... (laughs) thing which is very um tedious and hard for people to um keep track of is the miles and you can either do the business miles or the actual deductions or the actual expenses for the car so basically you have to keep track of both and are you guys keeping track of your miles at all or? keeping track of the miles yeah. okay yeah so there's apps now that keep track of miles for you some people have like a little log book in their car that they just look at the odometer and write it you know from gig to gig or whatever um so th- so that's a really important thing is keeping track of the miles for that for you know how <laughs> whatever the band is doing um you want to do the band wants to choose whatever is going to benefit them the most. So if you guys drive a ton and you're riding and you're and you have a ton of miles, you're probably going to want to write off your miles. 
But if you didn't drive that much, your actual expenses for the car will probably benefit you more. And that's the gas, insurance, any repairs like oil changes, brakes. And so that stuff really adds up, you know. So you guys have to keep track of both. Gotcha. And then see what benefits you more at the end of the year. Okay. Um, I think a confusing thing also is if one band member like purchases the van, the van, you know, the question is like, Hey, do I get to put that on my tax return or how does that work with everybody else? Um, and it's tricky. It, you know, it really comes down to what the band wants and, there's some bands that just pick one guy and he puts the band's taxes on his return. And then if they owe, everybody in the band just gives him the money, you know? Yeah. Um, so with something like that, with vehicles, it, it can get a little tricky, you know? <laughs> and especially if a couple people like chip in to, <laughs> you know, right. buy it or something. So it just keep all you just keep the paperwork is you sure. know really the bottom line too with so all that <laughs> if if let's say i'm two different situations if i'm in a band with four other people but i bought the vehicle myself mm -hmm. i can claim that that's my my deduction and we went on three tours we only did about three thousand miles mm -hmm. you're probably going to be a lot better off deducting oil changes your expenses your you know expenses against that you had for the car mm -hmm. um whereas person number two now has an s-corp thanks to your recommendation <laughs> and they drive their car all over denver metro to teach and then they they tour all over the u.s and they're and they're driving constantly that person mm -hmm. is probably going to be better off deducting mileage if they're driving that much yes yeah yeah so just the bad part about it is just keeping track of both right so it's hard you know every little time you drive somewhere it's a lot so it's nice that you <laughs> have the option though it's one or one yeah or the other. um with that too the irs doesn't like it when you switch back and forth so ah. so if you choose miles you want to try your best to stick with them moving forward you know if you keep switching back and forth that's a that's a big red flag um so, you know, if you stick with your miles, just try to stick with them the next year, too. Right. But everybody's situation changes yearly, too. So one year you could drive a ton, and the next you could drive, you know, barely at all. So that's life, you know. And, and with taxes, too, it's like everybody's situation changes so much, too. So you so just have to try to just stay on top stay of whatever, top of you know, your situation is. And look into the future a little bit before you pick. Which exactly route? yeah <laughs> okay. just don't get ahead of yourself you know because yeah. it can get really expensive and then you're just even more <laughs> you know in debt than you were when you started so yeah. it's just not worth it you know um until you start making some good money yeah then you should think about it <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely well let's uh let's take a look here because we both posted about this on uh, on Facebook, and I know a few people ask questions. Is it all right if we Absolutely. look at the comments section? Yes. <laughs> Kevin McHugh. Kevin McHugh. I really like tater tots, <laughs> just so you know. Ke Kevin McHugh <laughs> says, ask Allison how she feels about taters. <laughs> I think that must be... I feel very strongly about them. <laughs> that's an inside joke that I thought I had with Kevin, and you thought you had with Kevin, <laughs> but we didn't realize that we were all in on it together. Um uh, well, funny. a do you know shout out to Kevin McHugh and the Grant Farm crew. <laughs> um, 
Let's see. Zach Sloan says, I get lots of questions. Oh, he's a uh, lawyer, by the way. I get lots of questions about when to set up an LLC and if an LLC is the best thing for any artist. We already covered that, Zach, because I ask good (laughs) questions. That's a lawyer that, pal. Let's see. Eric Rahm says, ask her about uncommon deductions musicians may not know about. That's a good one. Okay, that's a good one. Okay. Um, Well... That word uncommon is weird to me because I just feel like everybody should be able to see all the common <laughs> deductions. It's just, it should be easy. It should, you shouldn't have to search for deductions that you're missing out on. So that's kind of strange that they word it that way. But um, when you're looking at deductions, it's so specific to your situation. Okay. And, you know, an uncommon deduction for one person is definitely not the same for the next. So. Um, I have a list of PDFs that I can send anybody out if, you know, if you guys want to shoot me your email. Um, it's a pretty detailed list. Well, it's basically the detailed list of everything that you as an artist can write off. Um, you know, there's things like the student loan interest. There's things that you could miss out on, um, if you're if you're not careful, but that's really specific to your situation. So things like sales tax, you know, if you're, if you're selling, you know, products for some reason, um, an unco- you know, something that's overlooked is deducting that sales tax that you're paying. Um, for musicians, I feel like the list that I give out is really detailed. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like there's that much on there that's missed. Um, I just feel like uncommon deductions would be things like a st- like the student loan interest deduction or health insurance. Like maybe you paid health insurance premiums um, for being self-employed. You can definitely deduct those. Yeah. Um, the health insurance is a different story. <laughs> so 2018, just side note, 2018 is the last year that you're gonna have a penalty for not having health insurance, okay? Okay. So moving forward, um, the tax reform, they got rid of that, okay? Um, Yeah, you know, deductions are just so specific to your situation. So I I really would ask your tax preparer, you know, sit there with them and just say, hey, like, this is what my daily life is like. Like, what could I possibly be missing out on? I mean, there's a lot of deductions in the tax system, you know, but a lot of them right off the top of my head are not are not really specific to musicians. Right. It's just to the general public. Like the the list that I give out is really specific to musicians and that has like the home office deduction on it. Um, I mean, everything from paying out band members to um you know, anything specific to what you're doing, like you're you play keys and guitar. So you want to write off, you know, all that gear that's specific to that. And you write it off the year that you purchase it. Exactly. OK. And that would obviously be different than somebody that plays a saxophone. You know, they would get reeds or whatever, you know, their instrument stuff are. So. Um, so. What you want to deduct is basically anything and everything everything that you are using to make your business run from gas to pens to paper to ink all of that anything you could possibly think of 
that you are using on a daily basis, you want to write that off for sure, okay? And so maybe um, the moral of the story, too, is whoever you are out there in, in musician land, ask your accountant and exactly. because they'll know your individual situation. I mean, if yeah, you should. If they take the time to, you know, sit with you. Um, I feel like that's when the deductions come out that we might have missed is when I start to talk to people and they're like, oh yeah, I had this. Like, oh yeah, I bought that. Yeah. So that's when it starts to, you know, when you really start to talk to people, but it's so just individual. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to say, just to be careful of moving forward, um, the one thing that did change with the tax reform for self-employed people was the meals and entertainment expense. Um, you can still write off business meals, but you cannot write off the entertainment part anymore. So that's new to 2019. Um, oh yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. Sorry. Um, so if you take people out to concerts because it's a business meet, you know, it's a business meeting and you guys just happen to go out to a concert, like you can't deduct that anymore mm. if you guys go out to dinner before that concert you can deduct that dinner just the meal now okay yeah <laughs> i think a lot of people are really pushing it um if you're going to a show to look at how the lighting is and the stage design and you want to research like you can definitely still write off research and development and continuing education but just not the entertainment part. <laughs> right. If you go out to so, a concert, that's fun. Yeah. 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 Right. And you bring your client there or something. Or actually, a lot of people were spending money on um, sports games, like the Avs and stuff like that. And those are pretty expensive tickets. And a lot of people take their clients to those kinds of games. So mm -hmm. you can't do that anymore, unfortunately. That. Yeah. So. so we're talking about all the things that you can write off. Let's look at the other side of it um, on the things that you should be recording i hear from a lot of musicians uh that they don't always record tips and and things like that and i can understand can understand why you just pocket the extra hundred bucks and not right, say anything right yeah we've probably all done it at some point <laughs> yes, maybe but I'm sure. um what what's your t i mean myself i guess with all these deductions that I have, I want to show my business succeeding and turning a profit. So mm -hmm. I do now record all, all of my tips. Um, what's your take on that? That's another good question. Um, I mean, you know, technically, yes, you're supposed yeah. to, you're supposed to count all your tips. When you get cash, that is the only way that you can get away with not counting it. Um, you need to be super careful if you of everything that you deposit into your bank account. Because if you get audited, they're going to go straight for your bank account. So anything deposited, you want to you want to count. So if if I got 500 bucks in tips in cash and decided not to count it but then use that $500 to buy a new guitar and take that as a deductible. Your numbers are going to be off. Your numbers and that's exactly where they start to see the red flags as if when you don't count all that cash but you're still deducting things. Yeah. Eventually your numbers are going to look kind of strange. Gotcha. So um 
Yeah, it's it's a really common thing to not count cash, you know, because it's easy. <laughs> it's just easy not to do. You just get it and go spend it or whatever. But my best advice is to count it. Um, nowadays, I feel like you need a tax return for a lot of different things to get into an apartment, um, obviously to qualify for a home and stuff like that. And the majority of people that I'm seeing, the majority of artists are now really wanting to buy homes, you know? So you do want to show more in your tax return. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, in order to qualify for a home, you're going to have to show a lot. <laughs> we both live in states where, you know, your adjusted gross income needs to be pretty high to qualify, which is not, you know, I don't really like that. <laughs> right. But it's yeah, just sure. the way it is. So, um yeah. So the more income you can claim, the better, you know, and if somebody were to look at you as a company and want to invest in you somehow, that's going to look way better if you claim more income or just claim the right amount that you made. So right. just the numbers are accurate, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, what about um, getting into costs of goods sold for bands that are buying merch? That's one thing that confuses me to no end is I, you know, I spend, I don't know, 180 bucks pressing 25 shirts and $2,000 pressing a thousand CDs, uh -huh. whatever. How do I go about deducting that? Do I have to wait and see how many of those I actually sold in that nope. given year? Nope. Um, you just deduct it as a cost of goods sold. So it's like an expense. So you definitely want to take whatever full deduction you can for that. Okay. Um, whether it be, yeah, and T-shirts, CDs, stickers, whatever you guys buy to resell, you're going to definitely want to count all of that in that year. Okay. okay. So I spent two grand on, on pressing an album yes, last year. Yes, definitely I can deduct. a full deduction. Okay. Mm -hmm. yep. That makes things less confusing. <laughs> and then the band payouts are, you know, that's a cost of goods sold also. The band payouts is in what you pay. Um, what you pay your band your members. Band yeah. Okay. Or whoever you hire, you know, whoever, whoever throughout the year. You that gets to, into 1099s a little that, bit, right? I was just about to say that. Yeah. Okay. So that gets into 1099s. But um, yeah, whoever you, whoever, whoever helped you, it could be a manager. It doesn't have to be, yeah. a, you know, like a musician, you know, could be your website person or a lawyer, <laughs> whoever you paid out. Um, you're, you know, you, you're going to want to take that deduction. Obviously, the legal fee is a different expense. So, but, um, you know, managers and stuff like that, they're, those are in the cost of labor expense as well. That's where the band payouts go to. Gotcha. Um, if you paid anybody out $600 or more throughout the entire year, that's when you send them a 1099. You have to make sure you get a copy to the IRS as well. A lot of people forget that. And so then the IRS just has no clue that that guy or woman made any money. Yeah. So you have to make sure you get that copy to the IRS also. Um, my best advice is to not get forms and fill them out manually. Um, there's programs online, efilemyforms.com, um, that sends it right to the IRS right away too. So I would just use one of those programs. They're pretty affordable. Mm. It's like 350 per 1099. Um, I think QuickBooks is like two something per 1099. So um, if you are paid $600 or more, you will receive a 1099. So my best advice is to make a spreadsheet 
at the beginning of the year or the month and make a list of all the venues you're playing, all the gigs you're playing that are going to be $600 or more. So then at the end of the year, you know the, exactly how many 1099s you're going to get because it gets really confusing at the end of the year. Um, a lot of people don't send out the 1099s, and so people are, forget to claim that income. And then they'll send it out later, and they have to amend their return. Um, once the IRS gets that 1099, they're like, hey, you didn't file with this 1099 we just got. Like, your income doesn't match this, so. It's got to match with everybody. Yeah. Gotcha. The IRS gets all the 1099s that you receive, so they know exactly how much you should be claiming on your return. Mm. And the other point of the 1099s is so that people... So that you know your bandmates are claiming that income so that you can take that deduction. Because technically, if those people aren't claiming the income, you can't, you're not supposed to be taking that deduction for paying them out. Right. So that 10, 1099 is going to guarantee them, you know, that you know that they're going to claim that. Right. Um, make sure whoever you're getting 1099 from has your current address. That's a huge thing, too. People okay. move a lot, so those get lost in the mail. Gotcha. Yeah, more often than any other form. Now, so. somebody that I paid to create merchandise for me, that's mm -hmm. is that a 1099 thing? If you paid them over 600 It is. It anybody is. you paid over 600 Gotcha. If you hired me to do your taxes, you know, you could possibly, I mean... I mean, obviously, I would claim that money, so you know I would claim it, but right. you potentially could give me a 1099. Gotcha. Yeah. Any gotcha. independent contractor that you pay $600 or more to gets one. Gets it throughout yeah. the course of the year. Yes. Um, along those lines, uh, what if you're in a band that's playing out of state and mm -hmm. the venue you play at, say you get $300 every time you play there, you play there three times in one year, so that venue is paying the band leader $900. Right, but then you're paying everybody else out of that? Are you expecting a 1099 <clears throat> from that venue? And because it's out of state, how, does that complicate things with their state taxes? Um, It shouldn't complicate things. The thing with that, well, just in general with that, is that you have to you guys have to decide if that 1099 is going to your social or to the band's EIN number. Right. Cuz if the band had the EIN number then you know that would all 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 of that 1099 income would be recorded and shown on the business return. So that wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't really have to deal with that. But if you gave that venue wherever, it doesn't matter which state it is. If you gave that venue your social personally, and got that 1099, technically you're supposed to claim that on your return. Um, it doesn't really have much to do with the state taxes. Like, there are some venues that you need to, I would just know the situation going into any venue in a different state because some venues, due to the state's rules, they have to take a percentage for entertainment. Yeah. So what you think that you're getting as pay is going to be maybe 4% less. So that's my best advice for anybody in a different state is to know exactly how that venue is going to pay you. Okay. But 
It doesn't really come down to any like state taxes with that. I'm not going to have to um, pay Idaho state taxes if my band played a bunch of shows there. Um, I mean, technically, no, unless you guys were like, unless you kind of were set up somehow through, you know, like maybe through payroll or something like that. Yeah. Um, which is kind of another story. There's some bands that are on payroll and, and give their um, band members a W-2. You have to kind of be in another position to, to be that. in a good spot to do payroll. It's, you right. know, it's another expense. Like, sure. There's only, like, John Mayer. I do one of John Mayer's um, workers. Like, he's on payroll, you know? Okay. Um, I did one of Bass Nectar's, his lighting guy. He was on payroll. But it's really far and few between that people put people on payroll. You're on so. a certain tier, <laughs> probably. It, I mean, it's really just up to the band. It's really yeah. just like it was probably easier of a decision for him to do that, you know, than yeah. to 1099 everybody. So it just made more sense. But those people are touring around a lot, you know. Right. They that was like a 16 state return that I had to do, you know. But that was a W two. Yeah, it was strictly a W two. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, those are <laughs> those get a little complicated. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, each state's pretty different, and and they're tax situation right right um so and and it's okay if if we're repeating something from earlier but if Mm -hmm. you could give musicians a i don't know a three to five step process for things that they should be doing to help to help keep their finances in order okay what would the what would that be okay um well the first step would be to save all your receipts Mostly be very aware of your cash receipts because when you're using your card, um, you have that bank statement. So you already have a record of all those expenses, you know, so you can print out your bank statements and highlight all your expenses pretty easily. But if you spend cash and you forget that cash receipt, it's just gone. (laughs) You know, you most likely lost out on that deduction. Right. What I do if I like, um, Last night, I went to go see Sun Squabby at the Fillmore, and their parking guy, you know, I had to pay him $10 in cash, but he didn't, you know, I made him write me a receipt. So I had a record of that. Um, If I forget that receipt, I'll go home that night, and I'll write it on a sticky with the date and the amount and where I was and who I was with for business, and that's good enough for me. Okay. So that's the first step is saving your receipts and just really any paperwork in general. Yeah. Um, if you have health insurance, you should be getting a 1095 form. That's one thing that people, I don't know why, I think it's the insurance companies that are just not sending out those 1095 forms correctly. But make sure, just because tax season's starting now, to find your 1095 form for health insurance. Right. You cannot file without that, okay? Um... Passive receipts, you want to try to think of a program or a way to organize all those receipts on a monthly basis. And that's really the most important part. A lot of people use a spreadsheet, however, whatever spreadsheet you want to use. Um, and a lot of people use um, an accounting software like QuickBooks or FreshBooks or something like that. Um, I personally love QuickBooks. I use it every day. I think it's a super great program. 
Um, if you're going to use QuickBooks to enter your expenses and income, you just kind of have to know what you're doing, <laughs> which is another hard part. So you can either hire somebody, you know, a bookkeeper to do that for you or really take the time to figure it out because yeah. you can figure it out. Um, it's just tedious work. So, but if you get your monthly income and expenses into a spreadsheet, or QuickBooks on a monthly basis, you are gonna be way more ahead than anybody else. Not only that, you're gonna save money, you're gonna know that you didn't miss out on any deductions, and you can just gauge where you're at as a business. You can start to be like, okay, maybe I'm not gonna owe so much in taxes this year, or oh crap, I'm gonna owe a lot, so I'm gonna start to save now. Yeah. Um, it's just a great tool to be able to spit out a profit and loss report every month. Um, there's a bunch of things that a profit and loss report can tell you. Um, it could tell you where you're spending too much, where you're spending too little. Um, it's, it's all about the monthly. It's all about that monthly basis. And that's so difficult for people to do. I mean, it's difficult for me to do, and I'm a bookkeeper, you know, and like my personal bookkeeping, I'm a little behind now too, but right. you know, life's been crazy. But, um, so if you can get into the habit of knowing exactly what your expenses are and somehow recording them monthly, you will be in a very good spot. I feel like as yeah. opposed to waiting until the end of the year and trying to get all your deductions together, that's when the anxiety and stress comes. And that's where I see people just getting so frustrated that they just don't file or they just give up on putting all their expenses together. So, you know, they're just done. They're like, all right, here it is. Like, I'm just done. Like, this is what I want to write off. I'm like, well, now you owe three grand. <laughs> right. So are you sure you don't want to go back and look for all those extra expenses? And doing it on a monthly basis, you're going to eliminate all that, you know? And at the end of the year, you're going to be like, oh, I'm good to go. I'm ready to file my tax return. Like, right. see you guys later. I'm going to go hiking now while you're all getting your doing expenses your together. Yeah. So I've just, you know, that's my best advice to anybody is to try to just stay organized monthly. And, you know, keep, like I have, I have an envelope, I have one envelope that I shove all my receipts in. <laughs> it might not be the best situation for somebody else, but... Um, one of the girls in my presentation yesterday, she, she gets a bunch of different envelopes and labels them. One's for gas, one's for advertising, if she got business cards or something like that. One's for meals. And, you know, she puts all the receipts into those separate um, envelopes. Yeah. So then when she's going to enter them in her spreadsheet, it's just way more organized. But I'm not that organized. Yeah, that's sounds... <laughs> I just shove them all in one envelope. But that works for me. So sure. um, it's pretty funny. I still get the classic shoebox full of receipts sent to me. I mean, it's totally old school and classic, but it's just the way people work, awesome. you know? Yeah. Snail mail. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I'm, I enjoy going through people's receipts. It's kind of weird. It's, and I think it's, it's also kind of funny when people look back, they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot that I spent that. I'm like, well, if you did it monthly, you wouldn't forget. Right. You, <laughs> you know, so it does it does save money in the long run. It really does. Yeah. Just getting all those deductions in there. So killer. Yeah. Uh, will you tell us a little bit about your company or companies? You mm -hmm. have a uh, a tax accounting company that's catered towards 
musicians mm-hmm. and also you have one you got four what is it 420 420 financial solutions yeah, yeah. tell tell us about your companies <laughs> and where we can find you and stuff sure. like that um yeah i started note for note accounting um in 2010 i believe and i actually started it in denver um it took off right away i was really really blessed to just have a lot of amazing artists believe in me i guess um a common question I get is if you work with other people besides artists. And yes, I work with everybody. Um, my tax service is very affordable. And I am always here for advice and information. Um, I work with everybody from individuals to corporations. So whatever your tax situation may be, I can definitely help you. And that goes the same for back taxes. Um, I have built my business on people's back taxes, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. Um, what are back taxes? Um, just if you're behind. Uh. You know, there's a lot of people are just three years, four years, ten years behind. <laughs> believe it or not, there are people that are ten years behind. Talk about stress, you know. <laughs> Some people just don't care, though. Um, right. <laughs> but... Yeah, I can definitely help anybody out. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. What's, about the, what's the cannabis County. one? Cal- um, the cannabis one is I started that in January of last year. Okay. Uh, California legalized cannabis on January 1st. So, um, the tax implications for cannabis businesses are very strict and very specific. So I started 420 Financial Solutions to keep these cannabis businesses compliant. Um, It's been insane (laughs) because they keep changing all the regulations and these poor businesses have to keep going through all these changes and it's been really, really expensive for them. So just in general, I mean, especially in California, um, this past year has been really difficult for a lot of people. So I'm finally just starting to see people getting, you know, getting everything together finally and being able to start on their tax situation. Um, It's, well, Colorado and California are the two most audited states that there are. So you're living in (laughs) in an audited state, you know. So if you're a cannabis business, and that's the same with artists too, like, Self-employed people are audited more than anybody else, Mm. okay? Um, But cannabis businesses are audited more than anybody else also. So it's just, you know, it's just a situation where everybody has to be really careful and on top of everything 100% of the time or your case will not hold up in court. Yeah, The IRS has been cracking down on a bunch of cannabis businesses and their cases did not hold up in court. one specific example is Harborside Dispensary. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, basically, you can't talk about dispensaries without talking about Harborside. It was one of the biggest ones. Oh. And they claimed that they were setting everything up correctly. And they got audited not, like a couple months ago. Finally, it all went through. And they have to pay back like millions in deductions that they oh. thought they could take. So a bunch of cannabis accountants or CPAs were setting up these cannabis businesses like they would set up like a management side. And so they would put all the normal deductions to that management side 
because the cannabis, cannabis business cannot write off normal deductions right. like you and I can. So people were thinking of all these kind of shady ways to set up a separate business, you know, on the side where they could, but that is just not okay. And so these businesses are, you know, they're getting penalties and they're getting audited. So Ugh. it's the same with the self-employed stuff. You just need to be super careful, you know, and it's like the home office deduction, like the home office deduction for anybody who is self-employed is a huge red flag to the IRS. So it's just something you have to be mindful of and careful about and just talk to your tax preparer, you know? That's really, that's really like, hey, well, I think like TurboTax has like an audit feature, you know, like, oh, you're this percentage of gonna, you know, being audited or whatever. So I think those are kind of cool. It'll kind of gauge you if you're, you know, making the right choices when, if you're doing your own return. Right. But if you don't know, and you're just like going into a Liberty tax or something like that, just ask as many questions as you can. Mm. And, and I, I like that my clients do that to me. They're always like, I don't want to get audited. I don't want to get audited. Like, let's do what we have to do to not get audited. I'm like, that's exactly what we need to do. You know, we're not going to do anything shady. Like you just need to count all of your deductions, you know, and just do it right. So yeah, yeah. It's (laughs) people try to get away with a lot of stuff. Sure, (laughs) They do. When I worked at Liberty Tax, there was a lot of people that tried to claim more kids than they had. <laughs> so people try in a lot of different strange ways. You oh know? my gosh, that's a hard one to uh, to stand behind if you do get audited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean you can get in really big trouble for doing something like that. You know, yeah. that's fraudulent. <laughs> you right. know, so taking somebody else's social security number like that. Yeah, you know, so. I've seen a lot of weird things. Yeah, I'll <laughs> you bet. Know? But yeah, my goal is to have you save the most amount of money possible and to get all the deductions that you're entitled to, you know? Yeah. Like I will spend as many hours with you as possible so that we know your tax return is correct. And find a tax preparer like that, you know? Don't go pay all your money to an expensive CPA because the majority of them obviously there's great CPAs out there, which actually leads me to the CFO of the Grateful Dead, which I was going to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's some really great CFOs and and CPAs out there, but there's a lot of people that will take advantage of people and they just don't, they don't ask you as a client, the questions that are needed. Like, you know, they should ask you about your deductions. You should, you should be getting asked that. Like, do you have this? Do you have that? You know, and and a lot of people don't care enough to do that. So you're just sitting there giving them a ton of money and then they file your return for you and you might owe a lot, you know, you're like, why do I owe a lot? That doesn't seem right. So find a good tax preparer. You know, there's a lot of them out there. I worked for um, this guy, Derek, in Wheat Ridge at the Liberty Tax in Wheat Ridge. I highly recommend him. I can't remember his last name right now, but it's on Wadsworth, I think. But that's a great Liberty Tax. I worked there for like a year, I think. So mm. I highly recommend that place. Um, nice. I think they're really affordable too. So um, yeah, just one thing we were talking about before that I just wanted to mention. Um, yeah, uh, Andy said that he hadn't heard of many people who were doing accounting for musicians. And I instantly thought of um, Tim Jorstad, who I worked for for a little bit um, in the Bay Area. He is 
well, he was the Grateful Dead CFO for 30 years. He is Santana's CFO. He is Journey's CFO. He has a lot of really amazing people under his belt. And he might retire kind of soon. So it's, it's been really amazing. So he's really one of the top people in this industry that has really just over the years really helped these bands out. And he's such a humble guy. That's awesome. <laughs> and I really like that about him. And, and I actually grew up with his daughter. And I didn't even know he was doing that when we were growing up, you know. And so kind of when I moved back to the Bay and they, you know, we were all talking about maybe working together. I was just, I was kind of dumbfounded. Yeah. I really was. I was like, this sounds like way too good of an opportunity for me. Um, and so, you know, it was just a weird time in my life when I worked for him and I was doing all my stuff at home <laughs> and working for him nine to five. So it was just too much for me. Wow. So I had to walk away from that situation. You know, it just, it just didn't work out. But, um, you know, I, that's when I focused on my stuff at home even more. So, and now he's just this person who I can rely on and ask questions to, and you know, just a really great mentor for me. Awesome. Um, But his stories, (laughs) his stories about just being in the industry. Cause he toured around with the grateful dead for a long time. Yeah. Like he would tell me stories about, how the Grateful Dead would all be fighting. And then Eric Clapton was like the one who came in and like, bro, you know, made them all friends again. Right. <laughs> you know, like he's seen a lot, you know? And so it was, it, it was really interesting to work for him and, That's and awesome. to see what million dollar clients are like. Cause you know, I, you know, I have some, I have million dollar clients in the cannabis industry, but not in the, <laughs> not in the music industry. Right. So, you know, it's very different than what I'm doing. So I got a sense of working with those, you know, type of like journey, <laughs> yeah. that type of band How cool! as opposed to, you know, my individual artists. But honestly, when I went back home and worked for myself, that's where I was the happiest. I'm like, I'm the happiest helping individuals like you, yeah. not with bigger, more money, <laughs> right. you know? So yeah, so it's that's awesome. It's been really interesting. You've helped out yeah. a lot of indie musicians over the years. Definitely, yeah. That's yeah. killer. And just the support that I get back is really great too. You know, they're. Yeah. It's just really nice to have people appreciate what I'm doing. You know, so and obviously, there's been weirdness with people. It happens. It's work, and you know, it's finance. People are very sensitive about their finances. You know, sometimes right. things happen. So. You know, hasn't been perfect, but <laughs> yeah, you just try your best every day, you know, to try to guess just be a better person, better accountant. You know, that's just my goal. Is, my goal is to really help everybody. And so, if anybody is listening to this and they want my email, um, just talk to Andy, or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, and like I said, I you know I'm always here for questions, so. I was yeah. I was gonna. Is it okay if I say your say your email? Oh yeah, of course. Um, if, if you want to contact Allison regarding tax stuff, she is very affordable. Um, and also, we were talking about that PDF earlier <laughs> on deductions for musicians. You can shoot her an email at note for note, and that's the number four, not spelled out for, but note for note accounting. And wait. It's not accounting, right? It's just A C C T I N G. Ooh, good. It's the worst I'm glad email I caught ever. that. <laughs> note for note, A C C T I N G. 
at gmail.com. You, you can it. reach out to Allison about her services or uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for that spreadsheet. That sounds that sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's a list of deductions, <laughs> yeah. And my best advice with that is to print it out and just have it have it in your office. Have it right by you on a daily basis so you just get all of those expenses like in your brain, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you're not ever questioning what you can write off. There's a lot on there. Absolutely. <laughs> some some random person just tried to eat in here, but he <laughs> left. <laughs> Uh, well, on that note, thank you, so, thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely, thank you and, so uh, much for having me. I really, was, really appreciate it. This was awesome. So cool. Thank yeah, you. I hopefully somebody will get a tip or something out of it. You know. And if <laughs> if you do, and you and you shoot Allison an email, tell her you listen to the podcast. We'd both love to know that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thanks. All right, there we have it. I want to say a quick thanks to our sponsor, PQ Mastering. Patrick at PQ Mastering puts the finishing touches on this podcast, and for any of your audio or restoration needs, you can go to their website, www.pqmastering.com, for more information. If you liked this podcast, I would love it if you'd rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, death threats, please feel free to reach out to me directly at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. All right, thanks so much. We'll see you next time.